Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Hi everyone, how are you? I hope that you're having a really, really beautiful time. Oh my gosh, guess what I just realized? It is the end of the quarter and of course, as you know, I like to go away (laughs) At the end of every quarter, I take myself away for a full week. And this time I was so lucky because I go away from Monday to Friday and it means I really have nine days off because I have Saturday and Sunday either end of that, which is great. But then where I live in Victoria, we also had Thursday and Friday as public holidays. So it's like quite a break and um, I haven't been seeing clients. I've been doing a little bit of creative work, but do you know what? I'm just so excited to get away and have a break. I can't wait to go and buy some new crystals. Um, I've been doing loads of tarot card readings lately and loving it. And I was anticipating that when I go away, I was probably going to buy even more decks or cards. But do you know what? I've amassed quite the collection. And since I've been doing all of the readings, I'm finding that I'm consistently being drawn to two decks in particular. I've got it down to five that I'm working with now, um, but mostly I'm calling upon the two. So I don't know that I'll end up buying new new decks. Um, I'm open to it. Hopefully there'll be some new crystals and there's going to be lots of good food and fresh air and walking. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. Like my bags were packed last week. <laughs> and um, yeah, Gabe is doing well. I took him to the vet on um, when was it? Thursday. And he's got his new medication and everything. And um, the vet was lovely. I really like this vet. You know, I have to say just between you and I, I think there was some chemistry there, which is oh, just lovely. He kind of reminds me of um, one of the three musketeers. You know, he's kind of got that D'Artagnan slash Zorro vibe about him. <laughs> it's really lovely. And he just loved Gabe and Gabe loved him, which is saying something because Gabe doesn't like many people. Gabe and I are introverts, as you know, Um, so it's a big deal for Gabe to like someone. So I was kind of taking that as a big tick of approval as well. And um, the vet wants to um, see Gabe and I in four weeks' time. So we're kind of both really looking forward to that visit now. (laughs) Okay, what else can I tell you? All right. I'm just going to dive into the podcast. So this podcast episode has come about because, as you know, oh, we're celebrating a milestone as well. Um, We're celebrating 10,000 therapists in my community now. So that's my online groups, memberships and email. It's 10,000 
people. So <laughs> thank you. I must be doing um, something right, I hope, um, to be attracting new people. Uh, some of this recently has been due to Facebook ads. So thank you, everybody who downloaded um, the referral letters and joined groups as a result of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and thanks for staying. Like, it's just so lovely to have such a diverse group of people in the community, um, depending on which group you're in. We have um, oh, just so many beautiful, beautiful souls and it's just such a pleasure. Um, but one of the things that came up during the week was a couple of people want to do programs and courses, which I totally understand because I deliver them too and I love them so much because my energy, as you know now, is moving away from one-to-one. So I'm winding that all down and doing more of the group coaching and um, yep, I'll tell you, oh, there's so much to tell you. I feel like it's been such a long time since we caught up, but it hasn't. It's only been four days. Um, Okay, but anyway, they were sort of sharing with me, you know, what if people don't get results from a program? And it seemed to be like quite a concern and I totally get it because when I was first starting running programs as well, it's scary because you want people to get results. I definitely want everyone that I work with to get results. In fact, their success is how I kind of measure my success and however they measure their success, whether it's them feeling like, um, you know, they have a goal to show up in their private practice in a way that feels more aligned with their values. If they can do that with my support, that's a success for them and that's a success for me then, right? Um, so anyway, that's just kind of how I see it at the moment. It could change, but this is how I'm seeing it at the moment. So of course, um, I'm not the only one that wants their clients to be successful. And I think it's really important when you're running um, any type of training or workshop um, to understand and unpack a few things first, because otherwise uh, you're going to get stuck in egoic thinking that's going to be doing its very best to keep you safe, but actually uh, result possibly in a situation of analysis paralysis and then nothing's going to get done. What am I talking about? I'm talking about results. How can you have, like, how is it possible for so many people to go through your workshop yet have different results? How is it possible for so many people to go through your um, group supervision yet have different results? How is it possible for so many people to go through your online program or course yet have different results. You know what? You're not alone. It happens to all of us. Anyone who's ever been an educator, a workplace trainer and assessor, a coach, a program facilitator, they'll all tell you not 100% of your clients are going to get 100% of the um, results that you wish and you have an intention and you want for them to experience. It's just not going to happen. And it's going to happen for a few reasons. But here's the thing I want you to know. Their results are not because of anything you did or didn't do, okay? We have to empower our clients to take their wins and their learnings and their lessons for themselves, okay? Your job as the um, uh, therapist, as the workplace um, trainer and assessor, as the program facilitator, whatever title you, you're wearing, your job is to provide is to provide the training and give them the tools and give them the resources that you 100% believe in and know to work, right? That's your job and to be available to support them 
in implementing, right? That's your big job. That's the difference between a DIY course that they could do on their own without you and them paying money to connect with you in real time on a live coaching call or in a group session or whatever it is that you're doing, like maybe with your workshop or an online Zoom, that, that's what that's the difference, right? Having that implementation space. So I want to go over um, things that I have learned and I've been doing workplace training and assessment since my very first you know, real in inverted commas job, which was with the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence in Frankston a very long time ago. I started there in, oh gosh, I'm going to show my age now. What was it? 1993, 1993 or 1994. I started uni in 1990. No, I can't remember. 1993. What doesn't matter? A long time ago. Um, I haven't updated my workplace training assessment though because it's not my thing anymore but here's what I can share with you from my experience and maybe yours is similar um, or could be totally different. Here are the things that I've noticed that can determine success. Um, First off is the level of motivation of the participant. So whoever has booked in to work with you, whether it's to have a session, whether it's to do your anger management program, whether it's to do your men's behavior program, whether it's to do your trauma program, whatever it is, motivation is such a big indicator of an individual's capacity to achieve results, um, not just with you, but um, in the course that you're offering, in the in the workshop, in the training, with the knowledge that you're offering, the skills that you're offering. Okay. So, you know, it stands to like, it's, I was going to say obvious, but that's not the right word. It, it's very natural that the more motivated you are in something, the more quickly you pick it up and usually, and the more quickly um, you can learn and kind of run with it. But if you're there because, I don't know, perhaps you're mandated or you're, you know, you're doing it to comply, or maybe a partner has said, you need to go and do this course. Otherwise, you know, I might leave or something like that. That's not really going to um, bring the same level of results for that person when we compare that person's outcomes with someone who was like really motivated because they loved it and they want to be there and all that sort of stuff, right? So that's the first thing, level of motivation. And you know what? It's not your job to motivate people who come to you for help, okay? That's not your job. It's their job to get the most out of what you're providing them. And it's up to them how they want to do that. You know, Um, most of my things, for example, that I give to my groups are um, recorded. So if it's a live coaching call, for example, it's recorded Um, where I can. I give them an an audio um, version of it. I give them a chat transcript if they've all been talking in the comments I give them um, a written transcript as well Um, so I try and you know give them everything that I can but at the end of the day there's only so much you can do there's only so much that's your responsibility if they're not motivated to read your chat transcript or your um, transcript or if they're not motivated to listen to the audio you provide them or the video or they're not motivated to even turn up to the calls well of course they're not going to get the same results and they'll be the same people who keep coming along saying that nothing's working for them and they'll just keep going off on their own merry way 
but their result is not anything to do with something you've done or not done. Okay, so level of motivation is a big one. Here is a hard lesson that I learned. And I'm going to share it with you because although it's kind of embarrassing, um, I, I want to kind of save you from it as well. So, you know, I am such a fan of payment plans. I am because, you know, my background and like my background, for those of you who don't know, super quickly, I grew up below the poverty line in, you know, a first world country, um, whatever. But it meant that that upbringing really influenced my beliefs around accessibility and for me growing up you know I was like the lay-by kid like I knew (laughs) all the lay-by ladies I knew the lay-by ladies at Venture at Maya at everywhere Target um, everywhere so I know what it's like to um you know, be blessed to be able to have lay-by or lay-away where you can still get what you want and you can still have it now, kind of like, well, I guess zip pay, you know, or after pay. You kind of can have the thing, but you pay for it in little bits over time. And so that philosophy that I have of accessibility is driven so deep inside me that one of the things that I do is or I have been doing, I'm not going to do any more and I'll tell you why, I have been offering um, ridiculously low payment plans because um, I, I believed that people, other therapists and other counsellors needed support and I believed that they needed um, the ability to access tools and things like that and I wanted to be the one that could say to them hey do you know what you can come and work with me you can get all these resources you can do all of these things and it's only gonna cost look we'll divide the payments by 12 months that's what I was saying to the point where you know sometimes I've run programs for like under a thousand dollars and let people pay them off over 12 months but here's the thing with that this is my this is my lesson to learn that I want you to take on board now it may not be yours but it's mine um what's happened is that I've delivered the work or you can deliver the work you can deliver the resources you can deliver the calls you can do all of the things because in your heart it's your highest intention to really give them a leg up to really help these people and what can happen sometimes and what does happen sometimes is because the investment's so low people don't value it and what happens is um you know They don't take full advantage of everything. Um, Maybe don't turn up to calls. Maybe don't download your resource. Maybe don't read your handout. Maybe they don't do the homework that you give them. Maybe, you know what I mean, like you get the idea. Um, And then they're not going to get results, right? And then what happens is after your program has finished or like after my program has finished and they're not getting the results because they weren't there and they didn't do the work and blah, 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 blah. um, Then what happens is sometimes I say, do you know what? I think I'll just stop my payments now. So there are big issues around integrity when it comes to paying for things. And what I see now is that when I don't offer really low um, payment plans, when I just have a regular payment plan, people get better outcomes. 
So that's something to think about. Will I still do payment plans? Absolutely. Am I going to do them for 80 bucks a month again? H, no, that is not happening again. <laughs> um, in future, so Clients on Demand is a program that I love, 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 love. I'm just using this as an example because it's relaunching soon. It's going through rebrand at the moment and I'm loving talking to everybody in that group about it. And it's been so much fun because we're renaming it and there's going to be a new, yeah, whole new branding. Um, and the program's like getting this big facelift and it's getting all this extra stuff and it's really juicy and I just love it so much. And I really love that there's such a beautiful community in that program that have all come together and support supported um, all the beautiful changes that will be happening um, within that program. But I'm not going to have 12-month payment plans for that um, program, for example, anymore. Um, for that one, if the program goes for well, this is for all programs moving forward. If a program goes for three months, the payment plan will be for three months. If the program goes for six months, the payment plan will be six months. If it goes for 12 months, the payment plan will be 12 months. So that's how it's going to go. Um, and I think that that just makes so much more sense because really I want to be working with people that are going to get the results. And that's one of the lessons that I've learned when people People don't have a lot of skin in the game. I'm not saying everybody, but I'm just saying in my experience, oftentimes people that don't have a lot of skin in the game, I either haven't taken a risk or it hasn't felt like a push for them to, to participate or something like that. They just don't get the same results as people who do. Um, feel like they're taking a risk and they take it seriously and they make that investment you know what I mean and it doesn't have to be thousands and thousands of dollars you know a big investment to someone could be two hundred dollars a big investment to someone else might be a thousand and to somebody else might be ten thousand that's irrelevant but what I'm saying is it's the level of ah what do I want to say yeah, it's the level of perceived risk, I guess. That, that person has to really feel like they're putting something on the line sometimes in order to feel like they're, they're going to get the most value out of it. Um, and so this is why it's so important when you're doing counselling or when you're doing your workshops or when you're doing your programs that you charge accordingly for them. And I would say as a general rule of thumb, um, moving forward if you have a program that's going to go for six weeks and you really want to make it affordable by giving them a payment plan just make that payment plan six weeks right it just ties everything up really nicely really neatly um that's it the other factor that can influence somebody's um, success somebody's results when they come to you and they want to uh, join your workshop or webinar or program or whatever it is you're offering is accountability now a lot of the time um, you might have measures in place with what you're doing uh, to facilitate a level of accountability so maybe you run a webinar on Zoom and then you put people into breakout rooms and they've got to go and do activities and then report back, right? That's a level of accountability. Maybe you require them or you ask them to um, do some homework. You give them something to work on and submit it, right? There'll be people that do that and there'll be people that don't. Guess who's going to get the results? <laughs> and guess will be complaining that they didn't get anything, they didn't get the benefit. 
So it's really important to have accountability. Why? Because it means that people will um, do the work because they know that there's somebody there watching, that there's somebody there that like they're being seen, they're being supported, they're being helped. And especially if you can set it up to be like peer to peer. So for example, I can't remember off the top of my head which community it is, um, but I have a buddy corner and people are starting to buddy up in there. I think I've got it in two groups actually and people are starting to buddy up and work together and support each other and keep each other going and checking in with each other. You know, I have a buddy um, that I um, work with sometimes on accountability stuff as well. And I like to keep her accountable for things, you know, um, we keep each other accountable. And it's one of the easiest things that you can do to increase the positive results for the clients that you work with. Okay. So if you're in a group or you're doing um, group facilitation or workplace training or whatever it is, certainly having some kind of accountability in there, even if it says something to them like, at the end of this module, you're going to have to do a little test or you'll be given a quiz, you know, and you will need to pass that so you can go on to the next stage. Even something like that is a measure of accountability. But traditionally, when there is a good level of motivation, somebody's paid to be there, and stretch themselves to do that, and there's a level of accountability, guess what? Those people get results, okay? The other thing too is to um, support your clients with implementation, okay? So you know what? Maybe whatever you're running could be stuff that they could go and Google, right? And what's the difference between them being able to go and Google information and them coming to you, right? Of course, they could probably get a lot of this information online or whatever. They're coming to you because they want to um, have your guidance around how to implement. They want to know, am I doing this correctly? Am I on the right track? What am I not seeing here? What's the obstacle? What's the challenge? What's my next step? They're looking for that support around implementation. So you must be available um, to give anybody who wants it that implementation. Okay, so for example, with my programs, with my paid programs, I have things like a coaching session or a Q&A session. Now, I show up to those, but it's on the participants to show up for themselves. Um, you know, they're, they're going to get better results if they come to those calls and do those things than if they don't, because that's where a lot of the real-time implementation happens. Um, in Clients on Demand, um, they submit work and we get the work reviewed. And do you know what? Um, it's such a joy to, you know, I, I never get upset because I love seeing, you know, like one time <laughs> there were like, I don't know how many things I had to review. Let's just say it was a lot. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to be my whole Saturday here reviewing stuff. But at the same time, guess what? It was so much joy for me to do that because seeing people take action on their private practice, like just me in my world here, yours is going to be different, I know, but um, just seeing people take action, oh my gosh, doesn't it give you like the best feeling? And when you see them take action, don't you want to show up more and help them even more? I know I certainly do. It's like one of the best things for me about being a facilitator and, and being a coach 
But yeah, so have a think about those four areas. So if you are looking at yourself running a webinar, a workshop, a paid training, a retreat, a course, a program, a coaching group, whatever it is, I think you can increase, you can support them in getting, you can support your participants, I mean, in getting a better outcome by um, supporting them to find ways to stay motivated. I mean, hopefully they can take care of their own motivation if they're professionals, um, you know, and they're turning up to PD or something like that. But, um, you know, maybe look at ways to support them with their motivation um, or help them find ways to support themselves with that. Um, Make sure your pricing, whatever it is um, you're offering, at a good price point that's appropriate and, you know, really think about the viability of payment plans and the duration for them. As I've shared with you, moving forward, my pi- my payment plans will be for the duration of a program and no longer. Um, make sure that there's a measure of accountability, right? Um, because you want to be able to support them in getting those beautiful results. Um, and of course, community. That's the other thing that can really help boost results. Sometimes people don't always want to listen to us. Um, It makes more sense for people to talk to other participants in the class, to talk to um, other employees at the workplace training that you're delivering, right? Um, Other participants in the behavior change program that you're running. So they don't always need to hear from you. So be... um, okay with not getting tagged in things and be okay with them asking each other and not you give them a chance to support each other don't jump in and give answers straight away to everyone otherwise they're not going to jump in and help each other you know wait 24 hours my thing in my paid groups is everybody will get a comment or some kind of support from me usually within 24 hours um, that'll be written feedback but in the meantime you know let everybody else comment and don't censor it like just let them all get to know each other and let them connect with each other because you know it's that peer networking it's that sense of community that can really help them boost their confidence and bolster results um, in the long run. And that's what you really, 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 really want for them, you know. And you don't always have to jump in and give answers too. Depending on the type of, um, you know, webinar or workshop or program, whatever it is that you're running, it might not be appropriate for you to always do that. Um, Sometimes, like if you're doing a coaching program, maybe you want to coach them through um, their challenge, you know, and you can do that in your online group or in your WhatsApp or however you're you're doing it, right? So there are lots of different ways, but there are four ways that you can help your clients who do paid programs or teaching or workshops or webinars with you to get a really, really, really good result for themselves. But here's the thing, it's for themselves, right? Um, you can't force someone to do the work. You can't hit them over the head with your homework and say, you better do this or else. It doesn't work like that. We're all adults. Um, they're going to do it if they want to. And if they don't want to, that's fine too. And you know what? There's always going to be, I think, you know, um, I studied statistics, right? I got three majors um, from my university training university education they were in psychology sociology which I loved more than psychology um, and 
statistics. And I did not love statistics, but you had to do it if you wanted to go into an honours year um, and you had to do it, you know, from honours to get into the master's back then. So I was kind of stuck with statistics and I was not very good at it at all. And I had a very, 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 very nice um, professor and his name was Dr. Peter Wright. And I don't know if he's still even at Monash now, but um, he was so good. Um, he was kind of strict, but he had a twinkle in his eye and I got along with him really, really well. And sometimes he would even stay back after shoots and things like that because I'd need help and he would offer to give me help and I really appreciated him being available to help me get the results and it took ages for me to learn some concepts I mean we had to do things like manovers anovers linear regression I mean by hand all this stuff that's available now on computer like SPSS <laughs> um, but I was doing a lot of it by hand initially um, and he was just so helpful he gave me time and this was going somewhere um, but yeah one of the things that he taught me that I never ever ever forgot was about the bell-shaped curve and the bell-shaped curve just looks like a hill it looks like a cross-section of a hill and um, the tails of the hill never touch the grass right they never touch the ground they're kind of always hovering above the ground and he used this bell-shaped curve to teach me about things like standard deviations from the mean and all of this sort of jazz and I said to him but I'm never going to use this like I'm not going to use this in counseling I'm not going to use this in psychology and he said well yes you will and I said well teach me how I'm going to use it and he said to me um, at any point in time you can use a bell-shaped curve to understand what might be going on with something. And so if we use the bell-shaped curve to look at your um, participants' results in something, what we know is that you're going to have, so imagine in your cross-section of the hill, right? Just imagine drawing a, a hill, kind of like the astrological sign of Libra, right? You've got that hill the bottoms of the hill go out to the edge of the page. They never touch the ground. You've got a line across the bottom of the ground. Um, the thin bits on the left and the right are 5% roughly. So you know that 5% on the right of the hill are people who are going to be your biggest fans. They're going to love you. They're going to love your program. They're going to love your course. They're going to love your webinar or your workshop, your training, whatever it was that you did. They are going to tell everyone about it and they're going to say how amazing you were. Um, and then we start to move back into the hill, right? So the hill, the, the top of the hill is where most of the people are and kind of either side of that. And we call that the average. So on average, most people are going to go, yeah, it was a good course. It was fine. It was okay. Um, she did a fine job. You know, they're not they're kind of not your biggest fans and they're not your biggest haters. They're just kind of in the middle and they're pleasant, <laughs> right? And then you've got the other 5% on the left and they're going to be the people who um, didn't do the work, who didn't implement, who didn't turn up to the calls, who didn't ask you to review their stuff or if you did review their stuff, they never took your feedback on board and they still went off doing their own thing anyway and who come back and they're like it's not working for me I still haven't got this result of whatever it is you're teaching them um, and they might go and even say negative things about you and stuff like that like that's how strong it is for them you can't do anything about it this is life this is the bell-shaped curve um, this is just how 
it happens. It's science. Um, and when he explained that to me, um, it just makes so much sense. And it really helped me a lot with things like understanding imposter syndrome and stuff like that. Like when you understand that you're going to have most people either don't care what you're doing or they really support you and they really back you and they really um, love everything that you're putting out there versus just this 5% or less that are just going to hate on you and say, you know, it was the worst workshop ever. Don't go and do this behavior program. Um, She doesn't know what she's talking about. There's always going to be those people. But at the end of the day, the measure of you being effective as a um, training facilitator, as a coach, as a program um, facilitator, whatever the title is that you're working under, is not the results that they get, but it's your ability to show up and give them everything that you need that you know works to be available to encourage them to, you know, make things available, let them know those things are there and, you know, accept that people are on their own journeys. And just because they didn't have, they didn't get the results that you wanted for them yet, doesn't mean that they won't. It could be that they're just not in the right headspace. It could be life has happened. It's rarely anything to do with you and what you're teaching. So don't take it personally, okay? Their results um, belong to them. You're not responsible for their results, okay? So I hope that that answers your question. For those of you who are wondering about, you know, I just feel so much pressure to get results for everyone their results are not your business. They are responsible for their results and what they get out of things. What you're responsible for is making sure you're giving them the things that work, that you know work, that you've used yourself, that you have tested or trialed or they've been tested and trialed, um, all those sorts of good things. Making sure that there's opportunities for them to have a community to collaborate with, making sure there's opportunities for them to support each other and ask each other for help and ask each other for questions, making sure they've got um, good accessibility for things. So where you can have things in visual, audio and written form, um, all those sorts of things. They're your responsibility, okay? And you show up for the calls unless, of course, you're sick or, or something like that. Um, but you have to show up as well. Um, you can't expect them to if you're not going to. So does that all make sense? You can absolutely go ahead and create the program that you want to create and support them in getting the results that they themselves really, really, really want to have if you follow those four steps. It's going to be motivation, the right investment, a good level of accountability and having community around them. Okay, so I hope this was helpful. Um, In other news, um, guess what? the little Etsy shop. Oh my gosh, it's really taken off. It's got 46. No, that's not true. I'm making it up now. I think I've got 42 or 43 products in there now. And the ones that I put up this morning, so beautiful. They're affirmation cards um, and they're printable. So they're just a PDF. You just download them and print them off. Um, If you want them in another color, let me know. But look, I have stuff on there like money mindset journals or money abundance journals, um, uh, confidence booster journals, worksheets, 
templates, social media posts. So um, quotes seem to be popular at the moment. So I've made like um, bundles of 98 quotes um, for therapists. And also I put together 98 Socratic questions. How good is that? So a Socratic question means that you can, um, you know, you use, you use this in Canva. You can open it up in Canva and um, you can change your colors and add your logo and do all that sort of fun stuff. Um, but um, the questions that will cause whoever reads them on your social media um, to reflect, to pause, to reflect, and then hopefully they're going to comment. And this is wonderful because it means you get to start a conversation or continue a conversation with potentially a brand new person in your audience. And when you get to do that, you get to build the know, like and trust factor. And then you're going to start to see more people booking into your diary. I know, right? Do you love it? I love it so much. I was thinking I should use these on my posts, but um, at the moment, I'm just posting what I'm putting up in my shop. I'm trying to post um, one or two new products every day. And I have noticed, and you can go and have a look at it too, uh, but I've noticed that my Etsy posts get a lot more engagement than any of my other posts. So <laughs> maybe I'll just give the other posts a break for a while and I'll let Etsy do its thing. Um, I'm just sharing from Etsy onto my um, private practice with Soul Facebook page. Um, so yeah, I think for now, I will just continue to post the Etsy updates as they happen. But yep, thank you very much for listening to another episode. Um, Oh, wait, one more thing just before I go is um, I heard about a brand new program that's been run by a company called The Team Approach. And um, the program is called STAP, which stands for Soul Traders Assistance Program. It's like EAP. Well, it's not like it is an EAP um, for us. Can you believe it? Um, It was so good because... I haven't heard, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't heard of any therapist providing um, EAP specifically to solo practitioners before and doing it in a way that was really super accessible. Um, someone was asking, I can't remember, I saw it in one of the groups, um, it was being discussed and I think somebody was saying, how is it different to a sole trader just going and getting their own counselling? And the difference is that when you do the EAP, um, it's a business expense, so it's tax deductible. Whereas if you go and get it yourself, hello, not tax deductible. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one benefit that kind of stuck in my mind. So I'm thinking that I might actually go and sign up for this because I think it would be really great, um, not only because it's a tax deduction, but I think it's great just to have a safety net for myself because you know, your business doesn't happen. Your private practice doesn't happen in a straight line. There are always hiccups and there are always going to be times where you need a little bit of support. Well, I do anyway. So I think I'm probably going to go and sign up for it this week. I just want to get a bit more information about it first. But um, yeah, I, it was advertised by a company called The Team Approach. So they're on Instagram and Facebook. I'm sure you could go and give them a bit of a Google, but have a look um, and see what you think. But I think it would be amazing because one of the things we do as therapists is we look after everybody else and we put ourselves last. <laughs> and I think if you had something like your own EAP, um, you probably feel 
better because you would know that you had your own safety net there. I'm just thinking out loud now. I don't know how many sessions they're offering, but I'm thinking even if I could enroll in that. So as I said, I'm just thinking out loud. Even if I could enroll in that and I could get myself maybe you know how I go away for the last week of every quarter? Maybe in that last week of every quarter, I could also have an EAP session for myself as part of my self-care or as part of my, you know, reset and recharge, which is the purpose of that whole week. Um, I, I've booked myself in to go and get massages and mud wraps and all of this sort of stuff. So it would kind of be good to do something for mental health as well. You know, prevention's always better than cure. So yeah. Just thinking out loud, I might actually get off this podcast, make a note before I forget and just find out if that's possible because that would be actually awesome. Yeah, so that would be four sessions. Yep. okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for your time and attention. Um, If there's anything I can do, of course, please don't hesitate to connect with me. I really value you so much and thank you so much for being part of the community. Bye for now. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.